Welcome to Trivial Debates. All right. Hello, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to Trivial Debates, the ultimate pop culture challenge. Welcome to, uh, I believe it's episode four of series four. I'm Amy Mater, and I will be your host for today. We're going to have some awesome new debates. Um, in this show, our panelists will be judged and scored for their arguments on facts, passion, and creativity. Our panelists this week are... Our panelists this week's are, um, I believe we start with Adam Woodward. Hey, you guys. And Back again. Yeah. I'm glad to have you on, man. You're, you're, you're a good debater. Oh, thanks. I'll do my best today. Um, Jody Simpson. Well, hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, her first time on the show, my grandmother, Beth Mater. Hello. <laughs> I thought I thought we had we lost Adam there. I thought he like man down or something. <laughs> Not that bad. Not that bad. Like, I'm, oh, I'm gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay. <laughs> All right. Glad to hear. All right. We also have my dad, producer Dave Mater. Hello, I'm in the background. I am the voice. All right. So here's how the show works. There are six rounds plus the speed round from our top two panelists. Our categories are movies, television, music, sports, history, and and the wild card. Did we lose him? Oh, he's frozen. He froze. Uh, this one's going stellar it's going well so far um so uh yes but our 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 rounds are movies tv sports music history and the wild card then our top two contestants will will proceed to the wild uh the speed round where we'll do those same categories again but much quicker uh with a bunch of random questions just um and then somebody will be sitting out uh from the three of you so um, we're going to be jumping into the movie round uh, shortly, although I would hope that there he is. Um, so we'll get everything restarted here. Eamon, are you back? He, he is uncertain. Being kind of not nice. Yes, I, that's okay. Well, we are we're adapting. Um, okay, we are just we're explaining the rounds. Uh, I'm just going to yeah. re format you guys one sec du, du, du. Yeah. i'm huge ah! okay all right okay. Hey, man. We're, we're ready for um the movie round now we're ready for the movie round all right um so for the movie round it would be what do you what movie makes the best use of its soundtrack? I find it funny, actually. You all picked uh, movies based on soundtracks, but we'll get to or on albums. So we'll get to that. But Adam, first. 
All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, I picked Purple Rain. Um, and guys, I, you, when I had this question, I, I thought, you know, where was I? I was 13 years old. Um, I remember walking to the Cineplex theaters on Har Harvester to see this movie. And I, at the time, I didn't really know who Prince was. I mean, it was pretty young. And honestly, the movie wasn't great. It, it, you know, it grows pretty well. It did 68 million. But the, the soundtrack was one of those, those for me, iconic things and, and sort of life-changing. Because I, I still think that's probably in my top 20 albums. Uh, you know, it brought Prince and the revolution into... I think main stage, it brought them into um, from where he was sort of a marginal out on the outside of things and it brought him into the into pop culture. Um, he wrote almost all the tracks on that that album, which is amazing to see. Uh, like I said, the album wasn't the movie wasn't that solid, but man, when you saw it compared paired with the actual um, album itself, it made it. And you know, from from myself, you know, again, I would pair this as one of the best movies, uh, sorry, best soundtracks I've ever ever um, have and I have the actual final with it, and, and still love it to this day. And uh, you know, I think it propelled him into the greatness that uh, Prince that he became. Okay, I, I did accidentally give Adam about another fifteen seconds there than I intended, so uh, we'll give so everybody give, a minute. I was going to say, give Joe. Yeah, yeah, you'll give him the same time, but we'll move to a minute for the when we get to TV. So mm, excellent. I guess that's me. Yeah. All right, so I picked uh, American Graffiti, and the reason why I picked that is because the movie itself is a George Lucas film, which is okay, I guess. But I wouldn't say it's the greatest thing he's ever made, uh, or the worst, I guess. Um, the soundtrack is fits very nicely into the uh, to the movie itself. Uh, the movie itself is about small California town in the early '60s, um, about to lose its innocence, essentially, about to you know get into the punk scene and stuff like that. Uh, the best thing about this. Um, this uh, soundtrack is the fact that it really does reminisce uh, the 60s very well. Buddy Holly, Chuck Berry, Fats Domino, Be uh, Beach Boys, all of which are in there. And then you also have like One Shot Wonders as well uh, that are known for the times, like the monotones, tempos, stuff like that. Um, so just overall, I think it, it, it definitely portrays the, the era very well. Uh, and also, uh, you know, certainly shows you exactly what a soundtrack can be um, when paired with a as as Adam even said, you know his his pick as well. A movie not as great as the soundtrack for sure. Uh, I agree with him on that as well. Um, but the soundtrack is phenomenal and it does uh, uh, deal with the subject matter very well. So I, I think it's a nice it's a nice way to bridge between the punk and the the innocence era, so to speak, of the early sixties. All right, and now on to uh, Beth. Okay, so um, I picked a Saturday night fever. Uh, it wasn't my original pick, but when I started to research, I felt that this was made the most uh, argumentative because it scored uh, top five on Rolling Stone, all-time uh, best uh, soundtracks for movies. Uh, it was the top-selling uh, soundtrack album, uh, only outdone by Whitney Houston's uh, Bodyguard, which was 20-odd years later, maybe 25 years later. Um, it did start the disco revolution. Uh, it certainly is my era. It was, I was in grade 11 when this happened. I actually went on a trip uh, just after it was released, uh, with a school trip to Greece, and that's all was played the whole time. On every bus we got on, every tour bus, everything, that's what was on, on the uh, music. So it's, it's again, it's not the greatest movie, 
but it certainly it has uh, stood the test of time in terms of the songs that are on that album. Uh, one of the comments was, just put one of those songs on at a wedding and everybody's on the dance floor. So that's that's why I picked it. Um, it, it just it spoke to me on several different levels. Um, some of the songs are some of my favorites, but uh, and the Bee Gees were my favorite. So, all right. Um, now we go on to the rebel round, where uh, everyone can make points about each other's points. So, whoever wants to start, go ahead. Uh, I'll start. Um, I think all three of these picks are very solid. All three of them did actually. I just double checked that because uh, I wasn't totally sure about Purple Rain, but I knew Saturday Night Fever for sure did. Uh, all three of these actually, uh, these picks did make the Rolling Stone um, top uh, top twenty five of all time, uh, which is interesting. Uh, out of which I will be honest, Purple Rain actually has the highest rating out of all three of them. Um, however, the one thing that I think that my pick is different than to the other two is the variety that's available of the actual album. Um, my album has a variety of, of for that, for that time period. Whereas for instance, Purple Rain, very, very Prince heavy, which obviously makes sense. Uh, and of course, Saturday Night Fever, very, very disco Bee Gees, uh, Bee Gees heavy as well. It does have some variety though. Um, but overall, I think they're all, they're all good picks. I, um, I can't really... Adam and one. Adam and Beth, feel free to jump in if you want to. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I just I personally just think variety is the spice of life, and uh, I think that that uh, makes my pick probably the best out of the three. It's interesting because originally my my thought was Moonstruck. Uh, that's what oh. I was originally going to pick, uh, uh, but he didn't even make the top 25, so argumentative-wise, it wasn't a very good pick, but I love that movie simply because of the soundtrack, but when I was going to argue why this one is makes more sense, it's it's because it stood the test of time, because it, it sold so many albums, it did kind of create a whole generation of m music lovers for that particular genre of music, and it went on for years. I mean, the disco era was like seventy-five to eighty, or whatever it was. You know, like. Mm -hmm. Beth, Beth, I, I, I honestly, I remember the the album cover of it, and I remember, I remember, I, I but I, I actually had to look it up to check the songs, um, to see what was on it, uh, and for me, I mean, it was a little before my time, I think, but uh, I do know everything on it. To your point, it's just it didn't resonate for for I think one of the best albums of all time for me. Well, you know, I, Prince. You know when he, when he died and you look back on his discography and 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 that really kicked him off that movie and it was like i said it wasn't a strong movie but man that that album was so fantastic and it just brought it to life uh jody your album honestly is a good choice i i <laughs> you're, you're right about the diversity on that but it didn't launch one career and i think that's the difference for me is that it, it launched a career and it made somebody really important uh and that's why i really enjoyed it the, the the one thing that I think we all have to make very mention here is the fact of what the actual question is, which is what makes best use of the soundtrack. Of soundtrack. Not not how yeah. we launched careers, not how we reminisce based on it, how that movie used that soundtrack. Well, okay. Uh, well, for my movie, rain, the movie, the movie, the movie would have sucked without the, without the soundtrack. I mean, honestly, you couldn't well, do it. It would have sucked more. Same yes. with Saturday Absolutely. Night Fever, though. I yeah. mean, every every song was was worked into that. And and interestingly enough. The Bee Gees had wrote all those songs before the movie was even, they were even picked for the music for the, for the movie. But, but to be so, honest, the, the Bee Gees were a music machine. Like they literally threw out 
threw out music constantly. Like that's what they did, right? Like they were they were all about writing yeah. music constantly uh, as quick as possible. They they had hit after hit after hit after hit, which you know clearly there's no denying that. Uh, but what I'm saying is the essence of the actual question, which is what makes uh, what movie made best use of the soundtrack. Mine portrays the era for which it was actually trying to uh, depict much better than the other two, in my opinion. Uh, with the exception of maybe Beth's, just because of the fact that you know disco obviously it really does encapsulate disco let's be honest uh it, it, but, it uh, that whole era for sure yeah i i but my movie is all about the the the, the innocence lost uh of the of the early 60s and we start getting into the punk scene and stuff like that so i i think the transition and the subject matter really uh makes better use of uh with my my soundtrack versus the other two. all right i made my mind up so <laughs> adam you kind of <laughs> Adam, you kind of shot yourself in the foot with this one. You personally admitted this movie would be bad if it weren't for the soundtrack. I was looking for what movie gets the most, becomes better the most without a soundtrack, but you just made, said that it made it less bad. Yeah, um, I, 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 I'm going to admit here, guys, I wish I had picked American Graffiti because... <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised it was still available because I got my picks in last. You yeah. know, I, I did think about that's where I went. I went to, to Purple Rain in my mind. First. Um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with Saturday Night Fever, but um, because it's from the era itself, I believe. Anyways, it created uh, the era, though. It created yeah, but compa the era. compared to American Graffiti, which came out afterwards, right? No. Like not in the actual '60s, right? Well, no, American Graffiti came out in '73. Oh, okay. But it's about the 60s. It's oh, about okay. the 60s, though. Yeah. Just like um, Saturday Night Fever, I think, came out, what, late 70s? Uh, uh, it was, uh, no, it was around 1977, because that trip I was went it on 77? was 78. Yeah, late 77. Ah. So American yeah. Graffiti uh, is a nostalgia piece, effectively, right? It is, yes. Absolutely. Anyways, uh, my point was, I think that Jody made uh, just a better, or just had better points about how it captures the time so much better and it really frames this small town story so i'm gonna give the point to him thank you i can't argue that <laughs> well the saturday night fever is a hard one to follow though because that is a good that is a very good representation of disco okay moving on uh inspired by uh, scrubs because I got really into it and uh, I haven't gotten to season nine yet, but it got me thinking what's the worst season of a good TV show? So we'll start is with it... Jody. Well, because funny you should mention that because it is Scrubs <laughs> season nine. Scrubs season nine is the most terrible piece of, 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 of TV, in my opinion, it, it, it's it, it took such a beloved show, uh, a show that went eight seasons. It was solid, always a good ratings uh, leader for uh, ABC as well as uh, the affiliates that uh, used it. Um, the 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 problem is that the the series went eight seasons. It was supposed to. They even did a finale on the eighth season. Uh, but then what ended up happening was the network decided to make another 13 episodes. And the problem is the writers and everybody at this point were already ready to move on. Uh, and they decided to come back because they were obligated to do that. The, the other 13 episodes, not all the cast came back uh, regulars, even though they were top build. Um, they had a whole new set. Anybody who's not familiar with it, uh, it's about obviously a hospital and uh, the people that work in it. Uh, but overall, uh, season nine is just it's it, it, it's a tacked on season. It doesn't feel anything like the original show. 
uh, other than you see the occasional familiar face. And it's just, it's terrible TV. You're saying Scrubs, right? Season nine? Scrubs season nine, yeah. Scrubs, Scrubs season nine. Yep. All right, we'll move on to Nanny, or Beth. She's Beth here, okay. not Nanny. Okay. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It's force of habit. It's force of I habit. answered both, so it's okay. Of course. Um, <laughs> so I picked Roseanne, season eight. You were the one uh, that took it. <laughs> uh, because it, for, for me, it was such a disappointment. I, I absolutely love that show. I, I lived for especially the Halloween episodes. They were oh, like right. iconic. And um, she really encapsulated um, middle class, maybe even middle lower class America and the struggles of, of the daily life and, and the funny things and the humor that goes with all that. And when you got to season eight, uh, I'll read you what Rotten Tomatoes said. They said the best thing about Roseanne this season is the opening credits in which see how cast members have changed over the years by morphing the animation. When that's the best thing they got to say about the season is, and it had been a top rated, maybe even number one, I didn't look that up for many years in their slot. I was like, wow, <laughs> what happened to that show? In can, one can, you can you explain the specific plot point that happens in season eight? Because it's very important. Well, in season eight, what happens is they win the lotto at the end of season seven. And then they become this like, you know, nouveau riche family. That are going around trying to to fit in with with the with the the elite and the the rich modernized and the <laughs> yeah and it which it just like i said it ruined the essence of the show the show was about middle america and how the struggles of the daily life of middle america uh and the humor that came with that and there was lots of humor that came with that but how they also made the best of their lives like i said for halloween far none best best costumes best parties best best everything just answering the door at that house was the best so that's why i picked it i i i can't think of another show who's that disappointed uh for for the last season i want to know what adam picked adam what did you pick i picked where are you guys whoa sorry there TV. you go TV. i picked uh i picked season nine just sticking on the season nines of Walking Dead um, and being a huge Walking Dead fan right from the start um, this was the season where the in season eight we, we had finished the war with the saviors and, and that was over now the Negan uh, which I, I you know I, I know it got slammed a little bit but I really enjoyed that whole uh, time uh, you know in the, those episodes but for this it became uh, the the season where you know, we focused on personal relationships and then Carol and Ezekiel and we also focused on uh, 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 it was just it slowed down dramatically and this and for me after investing eight great seasons into the show i i lost it i i thought that i i just haven't enjoyed that the uh the series as much since then and, and you know and you know where i used to love uh sunday nights and and now it's just it's, it's a struggle to watch it as much so uh i found that season just time it, it changed and it really slowed down and i and i didn't enjoy it uh, we, we have a comment here that uh, from Kevin who said, I've never seen a show fail so far as Roseanne. So also, Chris pointed out, he would have argued for Wayne's World. I think that would have been a good two, in the uh, movie round. Yes. Movie round. That would have been a good movie nah. round, I think. Nah. I wouldn't agree with that. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll start if that's okay with everybody. Uh, uh, I mean, anybody who wants to jump in at any point can start, really. All right. So I'll, I'll start this off. 
all three of these picks, un unfortunately, are like my favorite shows. Uh, so this is going to be a little bit more difficult for me. Um, my first pick actually was Roseanne, uh, but it was already picked, so I had to go with another one. Um, but well, I will agree with... You're conceding to me, right, Joe? Not at all, and I'll tell you why. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the problem with Roseanne, even though it is still one of my top five favorite shows ever, um, is the consistency of the quality of the show actually did diminish a lot in, in season seven as well. Okay. And it wasn't still to the point where it was, it was terrible like season eight, but this is a show that was, that was declining in season seven as well. Um, with, with my show, my show was solid all through its four, eight, uh, four, uh, sorry, eight seasons. Uh, and at that point they decided to stop it and then they started it again. And I think that's the big difference. Uh, Roseanne itself has gone on record saying that season eight is the most terrible because she didn't want to do the show anymore. Uh, she wanted to end it at seven, which makes perfect sense. And, and to your point, that actually helps you. Um, same thing with Walking Dead. Walking Dead is, is, a, is a show that is, it, it's, it's, it's staying its welcome. Uh, and it is decreasing as well. Season, season seven wasn't that great either, in my opinion, Adam, but Again, it's one of those things. I just think that the, your two picks versus my pick. My pick was a solid all the way through. At the end of the day, it should have just stopped where it was. The entire season should just be ignored. A lot of people do ignore it. Uh, whereas season season eight does have uh, some interesting. Uh, so, interesting so the things. difference the difference really is then for me is is the formula. Like you for Walking Dead, you had a brilliant show. I mean, and it would translate very well from the, the from the graphic novel and. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no plan to end it at season nine. It's just yeah. that the pace really changed. And I don't know what exactly happened in the background, but something happened where the intensity of that show, where I, I you know, there was, was showrunner problems. I know that. But. Yeah. Well, it just, it just, yeah, you had Andrew Lincoln wanted to leave. I mean, some, I mean, it was a long, long running show for a lot of guys, but long and short, I just found is, you know, for a show that was so good and had no intention of, wrapping up i mean in both your cases you you both said it you know they wanted to end uh in this case we didn't want to end and you had a great formula you had a great intensity and we lost it and that was that was the backbreaking episode for me and i can't I have a question for adam yep i did not watch like i stopped watching the walking dead uh the second glenn got killed which i think was season six's uh pilot right or yeah. not pilot. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. Season six. Yeah. So yeah. what was so good about season six through eight that wasn't so good? Oh, you know, I, that was a definite ground, groundbreaking and turned many people off uh, the, the series. But for me, it really got into the saviors and the Negan story. And that was great. Yeah. It was a very, very good. And, you know, and um can't remember the guy who plays Negan, but that he was just fantastic Jeffrey casting. Dean Morgan. Thank Jeffrey you so Dean much. Morgan, yeah. Yeah, and that 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 intensity between the saviors and the Walking Dead crew uh, was great. I thought you know the final battle was fantastic, and it just ended so well. You know, you know, and I, I understand there was many people like you who who left after that Glenn Glenn killing. All right, believe, uh, believe me, believe yeah. Sorry, yeah. go ahead, Beth. Well, for me, it was the disappointment of of finishing off a series the way they did. They could have went out with a bang. They knew they were finishing, and they just they ruined it. They absolutely ruined it. They could have. They could have. I wouldn't. They I can't disagree with thing. that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, season season eight definitely ruins the legacy of the show. Um, somebody's yeah. microphone is. I'm gonna go with Eamon on that one. Eamon, just watch your microphone because you're uh, when you fiddle with it. Sorry. Your microphone. You're playing with it. We can hear it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No worries. Um. 
Okay. Um. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? The Walking Dead. I'm gonna be honest. The Walking Dead was start was already pretty boring as shit by season six for the most part. They're, like, uh, no, like a couple of episodes were good, but but like half the episodes felt not as good. So I I, I just felt it declining even from season six. Um, in terms of Roseanne, I think that. When you dig yourself in a hole as at the end of season seven, as deep as you did, like it's no wonder season eight, like they had to do something because they wanted and at the finale of season seven. And so that no wonder season eight came out of it. But yeah, but they should have been more professional. They should have oh, very much. You know, so. Yeah. Oh, very much known. so. But, but scrubs was literally done its story. JD literally leaves Sacred Heart at the end of season eight. Yeah. There is no reason for Scrubs. They to, shot a to finale and everything. It, the the finale, yeah. the last episode of season he, eight is a finale. Yeah. He says bye to like Dr. Cox and everything. Yep. There's no reason for a season nine. No. But there was a season nine. Money. So I'm giving <laughs> Jody the point. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Even though I will I will agree with you, Beth. Roseanne terrible was pretty was pretty terrible was pretty terrible oh that season eight was brutal yeah it just um, changed the whole show well the thing was it that the, uh, season 10 of the walking dead is worse than season nine um i haven't even watched it uh it's it just gets worse every year um no, i I, so I don't i'm not a big scrubs fan but uh roseanne i disagree uh, with season six though with Aben though because season six is phenomenal for walking dead yeah, I, I, you, if you never watch beyond that episode, yeah, you, you've, you missed, you've missed so much good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I have at a least wrong at least watch season six. Yeah. <laughs> at okay. least watch that. <laughs> anyway. All right, moving on. Anyways, on to the music round. This was a great uh, question, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What's the best song to listen to your friends with while drunk? With your friends, I guess. I think Beth's up, isn't she? Okay, well, I don't even know if you guys will know this, but this is a classic when you grow up in the Maritimes. Uh, it's by the Irish Rovers, and it's called Wasn't That a Party? Oh, I love that song. <laughs> I sing it all the time. I'll just read a, the first few lines. Could have been the whiskey, might have been the gin. Could have been the three or four or six oh, packs they don't know. I don't know. Look at the mess the I'm, in. I'm in. Yeah, oh, and I, I'm, I I'm so pissed off I didn't think of that one. It. <laughs> My head's a lack of football. I'm a little pissed yeah. off I didn't pick that one, quite honestly. Well, I mean, you would have gotten it anyways. Yeah, true. Is that all you got to say? Uh, well, I mean, it goes on and on and on. The whole song is basically about a bunch of yeah. junk people sitting around drinking, looking yeah, at each other, going, "What's? why is the cat wearing a hat under the, yeah, the cake kitchen he's, table? He's talking, talking like, to the tomcat and all that, yeah. And then the police <laughs> like, show up and... He's cutting yeah, down trees and everything. Yeah, it's great. It's a classic drinking song. It is. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you, sure. Jody, for arguing her point. For I, her. I can't argue it. It's it's a good song for that. Uh, okay. Uh, let's go on to Adam. I picked Home for a Rest by Spirit of the West. Oh, uh, good, good pick. You know, yeah. This was, uh, again, you know, for, for me, uh, a university. So I remember going to Brock University, seeing them play there, and that was one hell of a good night for me. I, I still look back on it fondly. Uh, it would be it was a wedding song in it for us. It, it became uh, just an iconic bar song for, for us. Uh, and 
every every time I hear that song, it just takes me back to to good friends and, and good times and and certainly good memories. And I just think that you know while Bess is up there, uh, Home for a Rest speaks to a, a general broader um, um, uh, demographic and, and more people out there. Fantastic song. All right. Now on to Jody. All right, I picked I picked a much more obvious song actually than two of you. Uh, I'm I'm I, I I'm I'm a little upset now that I didn't go a little bit more less mainstream. Uh, I picked Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville because to me that always instills drinking with your buddies and you know sitting around in lounge chairs on a beach drinking and you know having a good time uh which obviously that's exactly what the song is really about it's about drinking uh so i, I don't have much more to say like it's it's a fun song to sing with group uh uh, and you know, if you get loaded and go to karaoke, there's usually at least one person singing Margaritaville. Let's be honest. <laughs> Dave singing is <laughs> my choice. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that as well. Uh, but uh, I don't think that's but, but that, that's not officially song. released song, so it's not uh, a choice. Maybe one day we'll get that released. <laughs> this is a family show, you know. <laughs> he doesn't do anything wrong in it no, that we're going to tell his mother. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's start with rebuttals. This is uh, a difficult rebuttal. Um, it is. Yeah. <laughs> All you three know, of you picked amazing songs. I've I've sung all three of these songs <laughs> drunk with friends, so I don't know. <laughs> I think that a, a, a song is like a, this for this question. A song will be measured on like, can you still sing it when you're sober? Yes. Um, Absolutely. When you think of it, does it bring you good thoughts? Yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, I, I mean, I'm going to leave this one up to you because I, I you know, I, I'm a big parrot head. I've been to many Jimmy Buffett concerts and actually met him in the last time he was here. And, uh, I, I, um, I love it. And Beth, I never thought of that song, but man, that's a fantastic one. It's just so good. So Eamon, I don't know what to say. I, I, I'm, I'm personally willing to concede to either one of my two fellow panelists here. It, it's my song is great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, both of their songs though. I, I have sung on many occasions and I honestly just did. They did. They weren't the first one that came up to me. Margarita will was the first one that came to me and I was so surprised when nobody picked it. So it, it was, I was just, you know, it's a great song. That's all I could really say about my pick. Uh, but I can't, I can't badmouth either one of their picks. They're both great. I, so, I don't think, I, think, Mar I think Margaritaville is a drinking song. But when that question was asked to me, I went, I didn't, it wasn't even any other choice for me. Wasn't that a party yeah. is a great song. It's still one of my favorites. It's so. a drinking song. There's no way to vote, especially question, in the Maritimes. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, I, producer I, I, question. Question just from, uh, as an interested party here, because I, I think it also might have to come down to what song is like, do people know the words to, right? Well, that's oh, a there point. You, you can't. Uh, if that's the though. case, it's going to be mine. Uh, yeah, mine is the most mainstream. It's definitely uh, the most mainstream. I don't. I don't think that should be the whole reason why this is picked. I, I'm not going to judge myself for that, though. Yeah, but it, it's it, if I, I, I think had everybody knows the words to mine when they're drunk. Uh, yeah, sober they might not, but when they're drunk they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and with best song it, it's it's one of those songs that when you're drunk and you're trying to sing it with other friends everybody's on a different different verse so it, it's not a very uh, good song when it comes to singing together but uh but still fun as hell uh so i think all three of them are are great 
uh, Jamil Robinson has never actually heard wasn't that a party uh, uh, but he's not from the Maritimes so and he's never heard home home for arrest either until oh until about seven years ago 17 years until seven years ago, okay. years, until seven years ago. um so I've been put in a situation where I've been told pick my other two contestants Hold on. Can, 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 wait a second no, no, I, can I add one thing add one thing okay yeah and uh, you guys you've heard over a couple over the last year I I've, I'll be dry for 10 years in October and okay. I thank you and I still still enjoy all three of these songs but I really do enjoy mine the best uh, you know so even even with drunk people at a party I still like this one the best so okay yeah, I, I, if I had to add anything to that, um, and Dave and them will attest to it, I'm not a big drinker, I'm like always the DD. Um, but when I think about the fools that uh, I pull their <laughs> heads out of the toilets and everything else, this is the one I think of. No, Chris has a comment here. After drinking, I suddenly get an appreciation for anything by meatloaf. <laughs> That's true, too. That sounds about right. I can't disagree with you, Chris. Uh, yeah, I'm the same no. way. <laughs> um, not a fan of them when I'm sober. Um, again, like I was saying, I basically put in a bond where you're basically saying, pick my other two contestants pick, can, but can pick I, my pick more. Can I ask the producer a question just quickly? Yes. Uh, producer Dave, uh, can he pick more than one winner? Yes, he can. He can. Give. Okay. So there you go. I mean, you can, you can pick based on what you feel. Okay. All right. So don't worry too hard. Award points. You can award and you know what? In, in all fairness, I would like to take myself out of this. <laughs> one, so... If you want to give points to both of my uh, friends here. Well, uh, then with that in consideration, uh, Adam and Beth both get points. Okay. Because it's hard to do. I, I can't choose between. Just to make things more fair. That's that was a hard yeah. question. I, I, I thought that was very subjective and very, very totally. hard question. It's totally. and, and, three... and it's age age demographic related to, for sure. Right? Uh, uh, well, <laughs> I, I'm, I, with all respect, I think I'm the youngest out of the three uh barely but i think i am the youngest uh and with that i would say that yeah i, I agree with you it, but irish irish rovers as well as uh, uh home for arrest they're both fantastic songs so i've i've been at every bar and heard all three of these songs so it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> makes perfect sense all right what country should host the next Winter Olympics and why? Who's up? I think it's Adam. Uh, it'd be you, Adam. Okay. I um, I took America uh, and a couple of reasons why. I, I think it's time to bring it back to North America. Um, first of all, I mean, settings, you have both, you know, you could do it back at Lake Placid. You could take the Rocky Mountains and use it there. You have amazing settings. Um, but I, I come back to the whole thing is that the Olympics is a business and the last few years have been really tough on um, on, on things. And, when, and I think anytime you throw the Olympics, and I, this is very North American centric, I get it. But anytime you throw it into another time zone that's a day later, you lose the the passion. And I, you know, when, when you take a look at the sports that are in the Olympics, you have, you know, it really focuses on, you know, things we do well here and it needs to be back home in this on this continent. And, and to be able to watch things live and, and when they really matter and celebrate as a nation is so important. And, you know, when I like being in America because when, when the Canadians win, you know, you can stick it to them a little more, but, uh, uh, you know, based on, on that, we just need it back here. We need it in the same time zone and we need it. Uh, we, we need the viewership that you get with that. If you're saying in the same time zone, then w what state would you Sorry. put it in? 
Uh, sorry, I, I, when I say time zones, it can be you know in, three hours away. Like uh, three hours away. doesn't make much of a difference. For that. Yeah, not another continent. Not yeah. Not, when it's in Seoul, for instance, last time around, I mean, I, I, you you have to be up in the middle of the night to watch things happen. To watch some of them, yeah, yeah. We, we miss out live on a lot of the stuff. Because, on, yeah, like it's in like the uh, the, the the Asian. Uh, mm, that's fair. Yeah. All right, I guess it's me. All right, Jody. Yeah. All right. I went a little different on this question because I, I knew you guys would come up with some good picks. Um, I picked the People's Republic of China because that was what they're scheduled to do in 2022. Uh, the reason why I picked this is because I don't want them to cancel it. I want this COVID shit to be all over and I want to be able to enjoy my Winter Olympics again. So I want it to go as scheduled in 2022. And that is my pick for the next one because it's already picked. Uh, and I just want some more normal happening and i i always enjoy the winter olympics and to me i want uh, i want that to be uh, uh the primary focus is to get things back to a little bit more normal here so a little bit different of a, a question uh you know interpretation but uh, i decided i was going to go that route all right excellent okay so i picked canada and uh reasons are obvious because we're canadians but that's not really the reason behind it. It's more how we do it, not because it's just our country. Um, I also uh, agree with uh, what they're thinking going forward. And this kind of goes to you, Adam, too, uh, where they're going to designate it's this this year it'll be in, or this Olympics, it'll be in Europe, this Olympics, it'll be in North America, this Olympics, it'll be in Asia, and they, and they rotate. So in other words, it can't be Seoul and China two Olympics in a row, like two Asian uh, picks in a row. Um, so that, and then every fourth Olympics, they can do a wild card. They can do somewhere, wherever, like something different, but keep alternating. A, because of cost, um, for instance, in Calgary, to this day, they still use the Calgary uh, Saddle Dome and uh, the speed track. People from all over the world come there to train. So it is a cost thing. They spend a tremendous amount of money to build such uh, high standard facilities. For instance, in Sochi, once the Olympics was over, they dismantled everything and sold it off. So. Awesome. Uh, rebuttal time. Uh, I don't have much of a rebuttal. Uh, obviously, I want to see the Olympics in Canada. I would always like to see the Olympics in Canada. Um, I also agree with uh, Adam's pick of, uh, you know, bringing it back into at least somewhere around here uh, because I don't like waking up at two in the morning to watch luge. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, so right. I agree with them on that. Uh, to my point, I just want, I want more normal, uh, you know, a more normal way of doing things. And I, and so, I so want, you this, just want it to happen is what you're saying. I want it to happen as sure scheduled. Right. Uh, okay. And so, so that would I, be the people's Republic of China. Yeah. I, I, I get it. And it probably will happen that way. But at the end of the day, I, I think that, there's just politically so much anti-Chinese sentiment brewing right now, um, simply be, you know because of cost of pricing, sorry, cost of goods coming from China are going up like crazy. I think we're just starting to see the start of it. Um, they're they're really you know flexing their muscles politically. That this is going to cause a lot of tension. Um, and I would hate for anybody to say you know we're not going. We're going to um, um, you know decide to pull out. Uh, you know, Canada, Beth, you know, I, I agree. It could, it could happen here. We have great facilities out in Calgary and, and, and using um, Banff and, and Lake Louise and all those. But I, at the end of the day, I think the Amer Americans just have the money and the wherewithal just to put this on as a huge show. And they have the facilities uh, that they've used both 
both East and West Coast before and, and could really just get behind and get that millions and millions of people. We need to watch this. And man, America versus Canada hockey, when you have the Americans all in it, it's just great to watch because we know we're in it. I'll just rebut that a little bit in the sense that when uh, the Vancouver Olympics was going on, Ted and I actually were in New Zealand. We had gone on a holiday in New Zealand and we watched the coverage in New Zealand via the Canadian feed, uh, which was really interesting. But anyway, but it was it was really well done. I'm not saying the Americans don't do it well, but the key for me was when I came back home and I, I'm sorry, I forget the reporter's name, but it was like Bob Costa or somebody of that level wrote a letter to Canada afterwards uh, in Vancouver and said, what a classy nation. Yeah, that's all true. But I think it all comes down to the Olympics is a business. They need the, they need the viewership. They need people to come. Man, and this world is very different than it was five years ago or six years ago. We stream everything now. I don't even have live TV. If I, I have to go places to watch it. So I would right. I would buy that, you know, if it came back to North America to do that, because I do want to watch things live. I just, uh, would you wake up for 2 a.m. luge? No, but I would, I would watch it live at 5 p.m. For sure I would, you know? And and that's the difference. I think I think, but the, just Beth is the you know the the Americans just have that that um, ability and just the tens of millions of people, hundreds of millions of people that can watch. To to get to your point though, Adam, with the with the the sorry, Beth, just give me one second. Okay. Uh, the um to to rebut your uh, issue with China, I think we have a lot of tensions, especially the Americans and and how they've treated uh, this pandemic and it's China's fault and all that. Uh, to me, I think uh, nothing does kind of uh, you know secure humanity a little bit better than stuff like yeah, the Olympics, but we also where have we, we have, get to see that stuff. So we have the two Michaels an issue that's never been resolved, and they need like that has to be resolved. I mean, True. there's just, there's just too much anti. Uh, well, I agree completely. I just think it's kind of build. The only thing I would rebut that to is, um, I'm sorry, but the Americans can have the Summer Olympics. They do them amazing. We do the winter better. Can't disagree with that. Except right. I, you know, I, I made we, my we decision. Had, we had no snow. I, I, I've made my decision. Jody's main argument was they are going to argue. They are going to play the next Olympics and. That was not the question. Who is going to play the next Olympics? It's who should play the next Olympics. So should host the next Olympics. I completely got that question right. I disagree with you. But well, I'm the host, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, I think that uh, Beth and Adam had both very good points. I just feel like Adam had slightly better points about how he just wants to see it come back to come back to somewhere where we can wash it and how I didn't feel like China was a good place. So I'm, I'm going to award the, the, the point to Adam. Thank you. All right. I, I'm looking forward to this next question. I can't wait to see what you guys yeah. all say. I'm just clearing the board. So we had we had some problems with the definition of what a massacre is. Um, which I I'm need to gonna... clarify something. All right, let's get in. So Jody came to me and said, "Okay, for what is the worst pre pre twenty first century single day massacre?" So that's not the original question we were given, though. The original question we were given, but I corrected it because you were right. Mm -hmm. I was wrong. That's fine. Um, 
But I looked it up on Miriam Webster's. Uh, I'll, I'll explain this at, at the end of the show. But basically, um, it said that it was a single actor instance. And so that's why I thought it made sense. Yeah, to an, act, go with an that. act doesn't necessarily mean one day, though. So okay. you can you can have so orders, was, which was, are something that happens through the course of a year, for instance. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I was wrong. I'm anyway, sorry doesn't matter. It. Don't worry about it. It's yeah. not an issue. Yeah. So anyway, Anyways, I guess I'm start starting with right? Jody. Uh, so uh, based on that, I tried to get something that was more of a single day thing, uh, which in this case, I decided to do the bombings of Hiroshima and uh, Nagasaki. Um, this was obviously during World War II. Um, we had a total loss of, it, it, there was a loss, a single day loss, uh, which was estimated to be around the 90-ish thousand uh, people. And then, of course, you had, obviously, the well, fallout that happened after wait. the fact. When you gave me the answer or the question, you said only Hiroshima. Not Nagasaki. okay. We can do that if you want, but oh, yeah. I, they're 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 entitled to be the same thing. But anyway, that's fine. Okay, sure. um, anyway, it, it's not a problem. Hiroshima. We'll just do Hiroshima. If that's the case, then my numbers are a little bit different. Um, so in that case, there was twenty thousand soldiers were killed, uh, as well as anywhere between seventy to one hundred twenty six thousand uh, people were killed, um, just at Hiroshima alone. Now, keep in mind that some of those statistics are a little bit off because some people died a couple days after, um, stuff like that. However, it is a massacre. Uh, you you drop an atomic give, bomb give Jody on a nation. More yeah, give Jody it, twenty more seconds. You, you I give, yeah, basically the it, what I'm trying to say here is that if you're going to single day massacre, that is quite an onslaught um, uh, with the initial impact and it, obviously a massive tragedy and and terrible overall. So I don't really want to put too much more emphasis on this because I honestly it, it it's a terrible tragedy. So okay, on to Beth. Okay, so I picked one not based on numbers of people killed. I picked one based on a uh, historical event in terms of why it was done. And I picked it, uh, the massacre at Ecole Polytechnique when all mm. the en women engineering students were killed in Montreal. Terrible, yeah. Um, it, significant in the sense that they were targeted just because they were women and they were smart. <laughs> you know, no other yeah. reason. You know, um, yes, it was only 13 died, but it was very significant in terms of just how it changed how people thought about well, you'd be killed because of something you wanted to do for a living. Mm. Um, and I, granted, the man who did it was nuts or insane or whatever the right word is. Um, but I, I'll never forget where I was. We were living in Montreal at the time. And uh I was actually, uh, Ted came up from the basement. He says, you're never going to believe this. And I said, what happened? I was feeding Jeffrey his midnight bottle. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it was like a real pivotal moment. And I was like, wow, like they were killed because they were students? Because yeah, they were women students, right? And, and it's just like anything for women in history. And I'm not a big feminist, but I just, like it's like the first woman who wanted to become a doctor or whatever, right? This it's is such a downer down. question. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. and so yeah, like that. I very depressing history I answers I find. Yeah, yeah the history it, ones are more, always it's usually more a little bit more depressing. And and it not that it diminishes when like your answer, Jody, where you oh, know no. thousands of people were killed, but they weren't wow. targeted. They were targeted because they were Japanese, but they weren't targeted just because they were what they wanted to do for a living. This is true. Absolutely. Oh. All right, guys. I I picked um, the Kent State Massacre 
in mm. 1970 in in Ohio. Um, you know, and and this this to me and, and why I picked it. I mean, it was only for only four, but two of them were absolutely innocent bystanders who were actually just walking to class and got killed by the National Guard, who were there to to react to a uh, organization um, organized um, a march because Nixon had announced that they were going to invade Cambodia uh, to, you know, expand the, the war in Vietnam. Um, you know, so 28 National Guardsmen were there to keep the peace. They shot 67 times and, and, uh, and, and killed four people, which I just found is astounding when you're talking students and, and any of us could, could have been there. Beth, you picked a good one. Um, but, you know, you know, what did it do? I mean, my God, it, it ended up with, you know, 800 schools protested. We had uh, schools shut down across the country, but it really became the turning point in the Vietnam War where, where everybody came, not everybody, but there's a lot of people that came against the war and, and turned it uh, into a, um, a, a, a mass negative and, and try to get the Americans out of that. And two years later, they were. I'm shocked no one picked Columbine. I was originally thinking of doing that, but to be quite honest, I don't like to give attention to school shootings. Uh, I've it's you know, and all shootings really are terrible, and loss of life is loss of life. Doesn't matter how many people there was, um, and obviously, you know, obviously, uh, I'm not shitting on your question, your answer at all, Beth. Uh, it, it's it's the, these are all tragedies. These when when there's always loss of life, especially for no reason other than for political or. Uh, you know, uh, other some other whack job crazy uh, way than either either way that it, it's always terrible. It doesn't matter. You know, it, it, to to judge this question, I, I feel bad for you. I mean, because quite honestly, how, how can you how can you award uh, how can you award what the best killing was? <laughs> like it, it's it, it, it's not fair, an easy question. I yeah. came up with the question, so I kind of dug my own grave. In a way, yeah, but you know, it, it's one way or the other. I, I, I don't even want to argue against either one of these other tragedies because, quite honestly, they're all tragedies. I will argue against yours as far as it, it was an act of war. It was wartime. There was four years yep. of war ahead of it, um, and, and it was deemed necess necessary at the time to end the war. And you know, the arguments are, are huge on this. Yeah, and I mean, your shooters <laughs> deemed it necessary as well, but that hang doesn't, on, hang, that doesn't hang change on, anything. Hang on, you know, I mean, the, the difference being is that. It, you know what if they hadn't done this action and the war continued how many more millions of people had died i mean that's the, that's the also that's true. the big argument. yep um but at and, the same time it was an act of war and it needed to end um and, and compared to pearl harbor jody i mean three thousand people died in pearl harbor right on the day so I, I'm then, not justifying any of these. I, I think all of them are true. No, we're not justifying any of them. Um, sure. You know, regardless no. of numbers. But I, I think the nice thing, you know, if you can see any upsides to any of this stuff, which really I don't think there is really, but uh, Adams Adams does have an upside where it, it got a lot of people more involved in what was going on. Uh, so clearly that's that's a good thing. Uh, I think the difference is for mine is, and, and all due respect, I don't even say the guy's name because I think it's horrible what that guy in Montreal did. Uh, but he also did create social change, which is, you know, well, that action that's, did. That's the good thing that came out of it. Right. But, but the, the difference being is that the military, the, the American military fired on unarmed students. And I think that when you have a political or military body uh, mm -hmm. directing aggression at your own people that have the right to protest. Uh, this isn't a one-off um, random psycho. This is a, 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 a military action against your people, and it was just yeah. unnecessary. 
Well, to, uh, for, for my case, the, the main thing here is obviously that changed the out, out, outcome of World War II. Uh, plain and simple, it did. Uh, but a lot of civilians died because of this. And yes, there were civilian losses all through World Wars. Uh, that's what happens, unfortunately, when war does happen. Um, I, I can't, I, again, I, I, can't, I can't justify or uh, deny any of, any, of, any of your points. Uh, they're all terrible incidences. Um, and again, I don't, uh, I, I don't envy Eamon for having to pick a winner here, uh, if you can even call it a winner. So. Yeah, uh, uh, a best argument. Let's not even yeah. call it winning. Yeah, the argument itself, um, you know, obviously, you e call poly, uh, Polytechnic terrible incident. Uh, you know, let's be honest, it, it, getting getting killed over what you what you want to do in your life uh, is just terrible. Uh, same thing with you know, uh, you know, obviously, police action and stuff like that. Uh, with uh, with Adam's answer, and of course, mine, you know, mass slaughter of people uh, due to an atomic uh, atomic weapon. Um, so all of them are terrible massacres, uh, one way or the other, no matter how you look at it. So I guess. Uh, the answer is uh, no one wins, I guess, in the scenario, but it's it's still yeah. your decision, obviously, for the... I kind of regret the, picking the question, but it's too late at this point. I got to pick it. it is. A winner. Let's move on. <laughs> so, Jody, I, I, I think Adam made an amazing point that if the bombing in Hiroshima hadn't never happened, it's likely that more people would have died because the war would have kept going on with, with America and Japan. So more people. Oh, I, can't, I can't deny that. Uh, so uh, I, I personally just think I have to pick between Beth and Adam. Do what you got to do. And now. at this point, it's really which do you think is more important to talk about? Is it women's rights or is it? Uh, I, if I understand correctly from Kent State, it's police brutality. Well, military brutality. Oh, sorry. Military Mil against civilians. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The National um, Guard fired on on uh, the students. Yeah. It's yeah. the National Guard that shot students. I think that Kent State brought more good in the world, personally, because it brought up um, a lot about it. Like it was about the war in not in Vietnam. You were saying, right? Or, yes. Uh, yeah. So I think it brought more good into the world, not to downsize equal polytechnic but when you have when a event like that fights against the war and try, gets people protesting it though oh, a war that got tons of people killed as well i i'm sorry i have to go with adam here i don't like winning that one i don't yeah, I'm i don't, even I don't like hanging out board for that one i won't even it was a good argument one. Yep, I mean, absolutely. Vietnam was such a mess, you know. Oh, it was. Absolutely. All right. All right, let's get off the, a depressing topic. Wildcard, if you could pull any one snack of your pocket at any time and an infinite amount, what snack would that be? This is less downer. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Anything is less downer. <laughs> Uh, I think it's Beth first, is it? Okay, well, I went with uh, dark chocolate-covered almonds. Because if I was stuck on an island and I had to pick one snack, uh, or I was on the golf course, uh, I wanted to pull a snack out of it because it has protein, it has carbs, it's delicious. Um, it's easy to transport. <laughs> it's hard to come up with a minute to talk about a snack, isn't it? <laughs> it is. 
It really is. And it's so personal, you know? I mean, like I said, it it gives you two of the food groups or two, you know, carbs and protein. You know? That's good. I went with chocolate covered glossette raisins and, and Eamon, you made me think of my favorite movie snack that I haven't actually eaten since the last time I went to a movie, which is like, I think February, 2019. Now, um, I amazing. <laughs> it's my, it's my movie snack. It's a, it's like little box that I quite enjoy. I even above popcorn and I will never go around it. And I have nothing more to say about it other than delicious. And I want to get some glossette raisins today. <laughs> Delicious and nutritious uh, already from the, 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 the viewers. Kevin. All right. I'm going to make this really easy for you, Eamon. I picked mixed nuts. And the reason why I picked mixed nuts is because they're the easiest to transport. You can always have an infinite amount in your pocket, and they won't go bad. Uh, the other two, uh, my other two fellow contestants, both pick things that can melt in your pocket uh, mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, so with that, I think, obviously, transportation, I already win. Uh, but also I have the fact that it's the perfect balance of healthy fat, protein, fiber. Um, you, you get everything. It's very healthy for you. Now there is obviously it does have a little bit more fat, uh, but if you notice, they both pick things that have, uh, generally, uh, you know, that, that type of consistency in it anyway. Um, overall, I just think if I'm going to have an infinite stack, it should be healthy. It should be something that is easily storable and doesn't melt in my pocket. So I think I've clearly won this round. I don't even know why we need to argue this. Uh, but well, uh, that, that that's my 30 seconds of it or 40 melted seconds. chocolate tastes just as good as not melted chocolate. That's yes, true. But it's, it's a mess in your pockets, guys. Sorry, can I stop for a mess. second? Chris says dog treats. I meant human snacks. <laughs> yeah, but does it really matter what Chris says at this point? <laughs> this Sorry. is a Chris thing. We should just ignore Chrisisms uh, going forward. <laughs> and it said here, if you could pull it, any one snack out of your pocket at any time, in an infinite amount. It, yes. I mean, Beth, you're right. Chocolate melts is still good. You know, it's, it's true. Uh, but, you know, I was looking for something that was also clean, healthy for my body uh, and something that will never go bad. If I happen to pull it out and don't eat it right away, it's good to store, uh, you know, stuff like that. So I, I'm, I'm taking the question and expanding it a little and, bit more, but uh, and I, 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 I feel I have a strong answer here. Because almonds, almonds and dark almonds? chocolate both have fiber. <laughs> I definitely don't <laughs> disagree with you on that, but uh, just overall, Not I think that I, I thought about that. Yeah, mixed nuts are good for you. They're very healthy, uh, and obviously, variety is uh, the spice of life. So I, I do like my variety, uh, whereas you guys kind of have a single it item, uh, whereas mine is a little bit more variety. I think. Wow, you're passionate about those nuts. I am very <laughs> passionate about my nuts, Adam, and you will not disagree with me on this. I <laughs> Don't talk shit about my nuts. <laughs> um, I, I don't even know if we have I, any more rebuttals here, do we? No. Uh, uh, how can you rebut that? How can you rebut my nuts? That's all I'm asking. You want? I, I, got I, any rebuttals I have, for my nuts? I have to give the point to Jody's nuts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, but I also appreciate it. I, I like the idea uh, that, is that he a winner? expanded on the Did question. He, he was thinking of... Nuts for days, as Kevin says. If it was perishable, if it would melt in your pocket, how would you store them? Uh, I, I appreciate that, so I think he had the best argument. And passionate about these nuts. The there you go. I am passionate about my mixed nuts. I'm sorry, guys, but I had to go with the passion there. I got I to I walk in I should have added that dark chocolate is a stress reliever. It I is. forgot that point. It is, it is. yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. 
N- I, have, uh, I have more passion. It was just that you just said, you know, it has fiber, it has protein. I, I just it didn't does. think it was. Yeah. No, I get uh, it. How can he beat Jody's nuts? I mean, I, I get it. All shapes and sizes. They stay dry. They don't Unfortunately, melt. that does, in fact, mean that Beth has been knocked out of the composition. I'm sorry, Beth. Oh, my God. You, and you and your father thinks that I argue better than your father. Not a chance. No. Uh, I think you did great. You did, you did well. You're, you're First a, time, yeah. And you know what the difference is, Beth? You showed up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, my my grandfather, Ted Mater, he, he bailed. And so... Totally bailed. Sent his wife in. Clearly, yeah. we wanted to see yeah, her. That was anyway. a good stand-in, though. You did very yeah. well, Beth. He's actually the better standing from downstairs. Compared to, to to Ted, you um you tend to actually argue more, whereas Chief just I'm just glad right. I didn't get called an no, idiot this right. entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to call me an idiot once in a while. Once in a while. Oh don't worry, Jody, you're in good company. We all we all get that. <laughs> all right. All right. So I don't have speed round uh questions so these are gonna be hey you said we would cross that bridge when we came to it we're here we're we're here yeah you're right we are here so um i guess you better get something on here yep or you can ask your uh producer might be able to uh, help some assistance here as well or we could take uh comments comments maybe Someone had um, a lot of people watching right now. Actually, there's a lot of comments after COVID ends. Should movie theaters still be a business, or should we just all watch in at house uh, at home? Absolutely, yes. As, as in, I forgot how it worked, but yes. Okay, go ahead, Johnny. <laughs> there, there's no reason why we can't have the experience of going to a theater, and I miss it, even though I didn't do it very often. But I did actually do it. Uh, there is still the experience of going and seeing a movie that you've been so super hyped to see on a big screen with the sound and the popcorn and the ab- the atmosphere and all that. I don't know how COVID's going to change that, but one way or the other, theaters definitely have to come back. Uh, theaters are already reopening in the states uh, and they're getting pretty good turnout. So at this point, I why why wouldn't you? Uh, it, it it has to happen. So it's just the, it's the experience that you're selling there. I, I think. Are you done? Yes, absolutely. All right. I, th- I think that uh, there's absolutely no need anymore. If anything that COVID has shown us is that, you know, like, like any other business, um, it, sometimes businesses fail. And, you know, we have exhibitors out there that um, like, like, like uh, Cineplex or, or Famous, but whoever is running the show here in Canada now, um, that have just basically shown, you know, a year later that we don't need them. Um, you know, the streaming services have become fantastic. The, the technology at home is amazing. You can buy TVs for your home that are very big and, and do the job extremely well. Um, you know, we, we just don't need them. And in fact, the exhibitors, the movie theaters are holding things up right now. There's movies in the cans sitting on, on uh, distrib- distribution shelves right now that have that we are waiting for as a movie goer and a movie joyer, I'm waiting for movies and they need to get out there and we don't have them right now. Why? Okay. Because the theaters are getting in the way and holding them up rather than just letting the people demand and pay their 20 bucks for a movie, which is much more reasonable than a theater, by the way, uh, you know, for a family event out. So I, I, I'm Adam, happy to, to watch at home now. Yes, sir. Honest, honest answer, Adam, would you have picked my pick if you got it? Of in course. Person? I was, I should be a movie Thank <laughs> But that's not the answer. Yeah, you know, I, I still uh, think I still think I still think though 
that there's a very big argument for the movie theaters to go away. I mean, it's just time evolves. They've shown themselves not a viable source it's or a needed an source. experience that a lot of people enjoy with their families and stuff like that. And I, I just don't see the need to get rid of it. It's like saying, let's get rid of parks because they're fun, uh, but they're not needed anymore because I can get fit well, my fitness I mean, in my, you know, in my, you know in my basement happen, with my Peloton. It's at the end of the day, you're going to see, um, you know, whether people will return, whether people will feel comfortable going into a, you know, 500 seat auditorium and being comfortable next to, you know, in the post uh, right. world. We, this is supposed to be speed round. I got to make my decision. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think Jody made a strong argument, but I, I, I think it was uh, just Adam hit all the points for me uh, of how they are expensive, of how not many people are like that they're experienced, but we can do a similar thing at home and um, that they're basically holding movies ransom. So I'm actually going to give the point to you, Adam. Thanks. I I don't agree with my points, by the way. (laughs) I knew he didn't. That's why I brought the message up. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. (laughs) But Adam likes the movie theater. I already know this. You're right. That's right. Okay. uh, You got a TV question, Eamon? Hopefully you do. What is a demo? What what TV station should be shut down today? Fox News. Like, all right. Fox um, News is a terrible waste of time. Uh, it, it is so biased; it's not funny. Now, keep in mind, every news channel is biased, but Fox News isn't even news. Fox News is a news magazine. It's similar to like a tabloid at a at a check uh, checkout. Uh, it, it just. It, 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 it spreads false bullshit, and with that, we have enough of that with other things, and Fox News is just, it's one of many that uh, should be shut down, like Newsmax and all those, but uh, uh, Fox News, I think, is the channel that needs to go bye-bye. All right. I, 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 I'm going to just counter. I, I think that let, let the market decide. If people watch it, they watch it. If it gets watched, sorry, no. I can't answer that question. No, no channel should be shut down, Eamon. Because uh, again, people will decide. If you watch the show, you watch the channel. The the uh, advertisers will buy space, and then you have a show. You have a TV stand channel. So, as as far as people watching, you, you can't you can't control this. This is ridiculous. How it's done is all economics, and people will decide by their by their viewership. Simple as that. It's dangerous, just like social media platforms, though. And the problem is that we we are allowing we are allowing all these falsehoods to get out of the mainstream. We're having people that think that they should be injecting them shit with bleach, you know, stuff like that. Like it, yeah. it's just it's dangerous, and that's the reason why that was the first one. That came I, to I guess so, I guess is like when does the state control? Like you know, how do you no. determine what what shuts down? Why not CNN? You know, why why not? I, I think CNN has a problem too, but not as not as bad as Fox News in this yeah. right. I think that Jody has a point that it has real lasting repercussions on the thing. And at the same time, Adam, you didn't answer the question. I asked what station should be shut down. And you said, I'm not answering this, basically. Jody wins by default, even though I actually do agree with him. And I'll tell you right now, if the question is worded differently, I agree with Adam. The market needs to decide that. Yeah. So we're one for one, Adam. Um, sorry, it, it, it takes me a minute to uh, you're going there, but you guys are tied again. Okay, here we go. Yeah, yep. Um, a musician, yeah, music next. yeah, yes, music next. 
Um, what is your favorite instrument? Uh, piano, I guess. Okay. Uh, piano, you can you can play pretty much anything with a piano now. That being said, you can play almost anything with any instrument. Uh, but will it be pleasing? Piano renditions of pretty much anything you can still hear, you can still understand, you still get the gist of it. Um, the range that a piano offers is something that uh, uh, you can you can portray the right emotion in the music and in the piece. Uh, just based on um, based on using all the different skills that are available, uh, whereas you're a little bit more limited on stuff like a violin, cello, stuff like that. Uh, just because you get that certain feeling, and that's a feel that's a sound that you're you're never going to get and deviate away from. Whereas piano, you can kind of take almost anything. Uh, you know, if you stand in uh, in in an elevator, you'll hear a piano rendition of you know uh, uh, you know a, a famous song. So you know, it, to me, I just think that that translates better. I'm going to pick a guitar and why um, the portability of it. I think, you know, you can take a guitar anywhere. You can play it anywhere, uh, depending on the, the guitar, acoustic or electric. You can just be part of a, of a, of a great environment. Um, you know, being around campfires with acoustic guitars, I've been around, you know, in bars with electric guitars and also just the portability and also the um, diversity and some of the, the great, great, um, um, artists that we've seen over the years that emerge because of the guitar. Yeah, the problem that I have with guitar is the fact that you kind of limit yourself on what genres you can pretty much play because you're not playing you're not playing classical music on a guitar for the most part. It, it, it's just it, it doesn't fit that. Oh, you can. People I'm not it. saying you can't, uh, but it's not going to be an enjoyable rendition because of the fact that you can't you can't hit all the different areas. I, I think um, that it, it, the difference between a piano and a guitar is the uh, economics again. I'm sorry to bring everything back to money, but uh, you know, guitar I think can play to many many people. It's a lot easier and affordable to get into a guitar. Than a than a uh, than a piano, and, and even the um, the lessons and things like that. Just just more people, I think, out there that, that play guitar and you can learn from versus just a piano teacher and having to buy it or whatever it might be. In your home. Well, technology has allowed us to carry around Casio tone keyboards that you know are fifty bucks. So it, I, I don't think the economic point really makes much of a difference in this scenario. Yeah, it didn't happen until recently, though. I don't think that changes the question. But anyway, no. I, uh, I I I agree with. Jody that like just the versatility and universal aspect of the piano is amazing so I'm going to give it to him. Thank you. By the way, right. that was a hard one because once you said guitar I'm like shit I should have picked that. Yeah, you probably should. <laughs> also, Ralph Moss, you know, yeah, on Crossroads proof that you can have a guitar classic music and sounds amazing. That's true. Yes. Um if you could meet any sports star, who would it be, and why? I, I, I'm going to go with Pinball Clemens, and I have met him. And he, to me, you know, over the years, I've had a chance to meet him a couple times. And, and one time was a fundraiser years and years ago where I first met him, and he was involved in something I was in. And I met him for two minutes. And then uh, about a year later, my wife and I were at Terra Greenhouses buying flowers for the garden, and we bumped into him, and he remembered my name. And... And we had a, a conversation for about three or four minutes again, just one of those uh, instances where somebody who takes the time to remember people, I, I think he's famous for that. And if you ever, ever have a chance to talk to him or hear him speak, and, and he does great um, 
uh, public speaking, but, you know, events where he, you know, um, can really make you feel good about yourself. And, and generally, I think just the nicest man and, and very involved in his community and, and one of those, those icons in Canadian uh, sports that have just transcended from, from beyond his sports into to a bigger uh, fundraising ability. And just, again, just to make people feel so good about themselves. Very funny, Jamil. Uh, just, just give it to him. Just give it to him. I don't have an answer. Just give it to him. All right. Uh, well, then I'm gonna. I can't think of anybody that I really want to that would have the same merit as what he just used. So. Uh, FYI, who who's Pintball Clemens? Uh, Argos. Okay. CFL player, and he was also coach yeah, for a while. But he is. But forget. But he's known to be a very good humanitarian. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um. um history. <laughs> I just read that comment. Um, Hopefully, it won't be a Debbie Downer like the last one. No, I'm trying to make sure it's not. Um, what what invention provides the most entertainment to you? Computers. Well, microchip. I guess if you really want to be technical, microchip. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Uh, microchips are in anything uh, from your smartphone to your TVs nowadays to pretty much any device you use. A microchip is literally provides countless amount of entertainment. I'm a big video game uh, fan, uh, so obviously microchips are a big part of that. Uh, pretty much if it's electronic and you get entertainment from it, a microchip is what happened, made it happen. Um, so overall, I just think uh, that gives you great, uh, uh, great entertainment. Uh, and overall, uh, I can't see how that could be. That can be topped, but I, I'm looking forward to what Adam says. Mm. Uh, you know, I, my, my immediate thought was, was technology, but I'm going to go back to just a basic old, good old fashioned car. Uh, you know, I, for me, I think the cars have, you know, just, there's nothing like just getting out on the road and driving around. Uh, Dave, we posted something, I posted something on Facebook a while ago. You said, it, you know, that, that drive from Miami down to Key West, one of the best drives I've ever done in my life with a top down and a convertible. And, and I just think about some of the great, great experience of vacations I've had of all come to driving. Even today, I, you know, when I finish here, I'm going to go out for driving the Jeep, just, just to get out and enjoy the day and, and be part of the, um, uh, part of the world and just see things yeah i just think if i compare the times that i'm i'm driving around with the sunroof down and stuff like that versus the times that i use technology in my daily life for entertainment i think still uh micro microchips definitely uh are, are the one that's going to win in that scenario uh even though i can't disagree with your comment uh you know there there is no really nicer feeling than that so i don't have a rebuttal mm -hmm. uh well um the facts I mean, this is basically by default because, unfortunately, I, I, I don't think this was the best question I could have picked, but Jody had a rebuttal, and Adam didn't, so I had to give it to Jody. Okay. okay. It's down so, to the wire. It's down to the wire here. So Adam would need would need to uh, get this next point to force a tiebreaker. Um, but, but if Jody wins it, he, he wins. Outright, he wins. So. so the wild card, Eamon, you can be whatever you want. Yep. The awkward silence. Yeah, because... Look I'm how really... focused Adam is, though. 
If you want me to be honest, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking around my room and feeling better. Trying to find. Are you feeling better? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you. Maybe you'll get a win, and that'll make you feel even more better. Oh, yeah, maybe. Especially against the most winningest person. Oh, jeez. Yes. Hey, what produ- producer Dave? That's right, right? That's right. You, you, right, you, yeah. you still hold the. Right. I, I actually don't know if Adam can answer this one, but could I say what team in the VSQ Hockey League? Always win. Oh, Adam, uh, that's that. not a fair question for you. Yeah, okay. Uh, Jamil threw in an answer. He goes, Hot dogs are on ketchup, yes or no? Yes. Can we use this question? Is this a sure? Question go. We're use? Okay, yeah, yes. Go. Ketchup I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, the, 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 the tanginess of the, of the ketchup uh, adds to the, uh, the brilliance of what is the wiener. Uh, it, it's it, it's a it's a nice way to it's a nice way to kind of lubricate your your wiener uh, in your bun to give it a little bit more of a a a, a, a way to kind of uh, mesh them together. Uh, I just think it emphasizes really nicely, and uh, I I can't even picture a hot dog without uh, without ketchup. It just sounds like a dry mess to me. So ketchup uh, clearly is the winner there. All right. Adam? I, I think that you know you lose the 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 um, the flavor of the of that wiener. You know, without when you drown it in ketchup, it's ketchup. Ketchup is one of those things that uh, mix and wieners everywhere. Ketchup <laughs> is one of those things that masks the taste of food, and and why do you use it to mask the taste of food? And, and so you're you're admitting that that wiener is not good and 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 worth 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 chewing on. Well, wieners uh, themselves aren't. Aren't aren't the best to begin with, but if you're so, gonna, if you're going to eat a wiener, I think still ketchup lets yeah. the cohesion happen, uh, which I think just uh, makes it better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? This has I, been I a have... roller coaster of emotion. There was nuts. There was death. There was wieners. <laughs> there was Scrub season nine. Um. Uh. I, I have to give it to Jody's Nuts and Wieners. Sorry, I respect the probably should have picked a bit of a better answer, but we wrote yeah. with it. I, I think hosts going forward need to have all of these uh, speed questions ready as well, including myself if I ever host again. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, I wanna, I now I want to come back and play you again, Jody. That's that. <laughs> And, well, and and to be quite honest here, Adam isn't feeling 100. percent so, No, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, I, we're we're I, not. We are not talking no, about no. that. No, That's no, no. I, I still think though. I think you weren't fully top of your game. Okay. So I, I, I think uh, your next running will be much better. Mm-hmm. And slaughter me. Just a little bit of a celebration here for Jody as he wins the whatever. Uh, the... The Final Fantasy theme, I think. Uh, yeah, it is. It's the yeah. Final Fantasy VI win battle theme. Ah. Exactly. Okay. Well, hey, congratulations to Jody and big Thank thanks you. to to Amen for hosting and uh, Adam and, and Beth for competing. But yes, good job uh, all around. We're all winners. We're all <laughs> winners here. It, once again, it's a lot of fun. Except for Jody, because he he won more. <laughs> Only because yeah. I've been on the show longer than the other two contestants, so yeah. I've been since day one. So, I, next I have time I'll thing. next time I'll send Ted Jody. Be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> no, uh, no, that's reason to be less afraid. It, it'll, it'll. I, I would be less afraid, quite honestly. But yeah, I, I'm not scared afraid. of Ted at all. 
You know I was a little scared about. Do you know what's hilarious though is that everybody, like my sister, people that have known Ted forever, right? I said, why that man didn't become a trial lawyer, I don't know, because he can argue with the best of them. <laughs> he does argue, that's for sure. <laughs> you would probably know that better than anybody. Uh, well, I've won five arguments in our 39-year marriage, and three of them he had to come back and admit that he was wrong. <laughs> oh, that must have killed him. <laughs> oh, it killed him. It killed him. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Well uh just to also um and i'm gonna take you down for a second uh just to plug our other shows here on our network uh live long and podcast is our star trek channel where we talk about star trek uh, multi times a week on tuesday star trek d space nine uh we're in the middle of season three right now we've watched every episode in order and we're continuing to go on our three and a half year journey check that out um also uh on wednesdays we talk about star trek the original series with uh jody and adam and and dad um, we're doing Friday's Child next Wednesday. Uh, check that out with Julie Newmar, uh, you know, and fighting Catwoman. Catwoman herself. And then uh, our other productions, which are called Star Trek Radio Theater, which where we, we, we do the script reads for uh, on Live Long and Podcast. We just did uh, last night, we did Samaritan Snare with Chris Seymour and Steve Shives and, uh, and a lot of our other uh, regulars. Uh, yeah, I'll so listen to that one today. It's going to be good. It. I'm going to do the edited version um, uh, probably uh, later on. So check all those things out. Plus our other uh, channel called Super Mater Brothers Podcasting, where we talk about uh, scripted and unscripted TV shows, including um, Big Brother Canada 9. Jamil and I have been covering every episode of that uh, series since it's been airing up here in Canada on Global. So, and uh, we also do uh, MCU. And uh, we did The Serpent on Friday with Mott and Jeff and I talking about that Netflix show. So anyway, that's a uh, that's And also, um, quickly, before I could jump in here. I want to plug my own thing. Um, uh, let's talk about fighting games. Will be coming out sometime this week. Uh, it's going to be on YouTube, Apple Podcast, and Stitcher. And we just shoot the shit about fighting games. Anything and everything that comes to our mind about fighting games, we will talk about. It's literally just super casual. Uh, episode one will go up, I believe, this Monday. Uh, so say excited for that. <laughs> Link in the description. Excellent. Okay, and um, well, we can probably sign. I don't know where Adam went. Adam, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I just had to step off screen. <laughs> All right. Well, this uh, probably has away. something to do with that dog of his. <laughs> yeah. Have a great day, everyone. Oh, thank you.